Welcome to Self-Published Success, a show catered specifically to the innovators and entrepreneurs who sought creative control over their titles, chose self-publishing over traditional, and found overwhelming success in the process. In this show, we will introduce these risk takers and ask them a variety of questions. Why did you choose self-publishing? What were your results? And most importantly, what are some secrets to success? Self-published success is designed to get your creative juices flowing, to get you energized and excited for the road to authorship ahead. So sit back, grab your trusted pen and notepad, and get ready to gain tips that will help you along your own self-publishing journey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Self-Published Success, a show that highlights forward-thinking authors who chose self-publishing over traditional and found success doing so. My name is John Feldman, founder and CEO of Visionary Literary, and your host for today's show. Our guest today is Branch Isole. Branch is a poet, storyteller, and author of 22 books. He writes about having the strength of choice to change consequences and is known worldwide for contemporary short stories that reveal emotions and issues often experienced but not always voiced. As a podcast and talk radio on-air guest, Branch shares informative steps to build frameworks that support career, personal, and spiritual growth. Branch graduated from Texas State University, did postgraduate work at University of Houston, and holds a master's degree in theology from Trinity Bible College and Seminary, which is an adjunct program from Oxford University. He posts a thought for a day, short stories, and articles on his website, branchesole.com, and on YouTube. Branch, welcome to the show. Hey, John. Good afternoon. Great to be here. Good. Great. Well, we are glad to have you. Um, Let's kick things off by just introducing the listeners to you. um, Piggyback off of what I just mentioned and tell us more about your background and what got you into writing. Sure. Great question to start with. Uh, I grew up in the 50s and 60s. I went to college got out of college, got into corporate America, um, spent about a decade and a half in sales and marketing with uh, large companies. Uh, After that, I I sort of went on a a journey, you know, the movie Seven Years in Tibet. I I left the corporate world and I just started experiencing, you know, a lot of different situations and a lot of people and, and spent about a decade wandering and learning and after that you know i i decided that um i needed to write a book um not about my journey or anything but about what i had discovered about the old me versus the now me and so that started my writing career i never thought of myself as a writer i was an average student um i never read a complete book until i was in the army so reading was not you know, one of my big passions. And the older I got, and when when I decided to go back to school and get my master's in, in theology, I had gotten onto a spiritual path and was interested and motivated to learn more about, you know, that balance in life, spiritual, the, the practical, the pragmatic. So that's what put me on that path. And I was compelled to write a book, um, about spirituality and the world's religions. And I thought that would be it, and it wasn't. And I I started writing short stories and 22 books later, here we are. So what was it? What was that 
the one, I guess, moment that got you, that hooked you when you started writing and you were like, wow, I've got to, I've got to keep this going. You have 22 books now, the poems, your website. Um, what was it that? Yeah, that's a, that's a nice question to ask. I don't get asked that very often. Um, you know, I wrote the book and it's a, it's a nonfiction book. It's for seekers and searchers and fallen away Christians. That's the target audience. And so um, I thought, well, this will be it. And, and I, I wrote it and got it published, um, you know, and, and started down that path. But, but the writing, I didn't have the writing bug. And one day I was sitting out, we were living in Hawaii, and we, we, I had a gazebo out on the water. And I was looking out at the big island across that 30-mile stretch of Pacific. And a thought occurred to me, you know, if I was stranded at sea, if I'd you know, was alone at sea in, in the middle of the ocean, what kinds of thoughts and fears, you know, would I have? And from that came my first uh, short story. And then it just started tumbling out that way, you know, and, and I would get ideas. Um, well, I pick up most of my writing ideas from my world by observation and overhearing conversations, basically. Those are my story triggers. So I just started writing, you know, about the things that I experienced, not my own experience, but what I was seeing happening between people and situations. And that's where it came from. And so I, I wrote 18 fiction books. And then I came back to the nonfiction and have three other nonfiction books. So, okay, well, that was sort of the writing journey. Yeah, well, it started the aesthetic there um, is beautiful. Thanks for painting that picture in Hawaii on a gazebo, looking out under the big island. I mean, that sounds like heaven, like any writer's dream is to, uh, <laughs> to have that gazebo and sit in that beautiful yeah. Hawaiian weather. But um, yeah, so so 18 books, right? 18 fiction and three or four nonfiction, right? Correct. Correct. What, um, which, I mean, the balance says that you prefer fiction, right? But when you are writing, which do you prefer? Wow, that's a good question. You know, I, I I like the fiction because what I'm trying to do is tell a complete story with a beginning, a middle, and an end, and a lesson or a theme in, in as concise and brief presentation as possible. So I, I like that challenge. Um, the nonfiction I'm compelled to write now because of my walk and my journey and, and where I'm at, the things that I'm trying to share with people. So it's not that I like one better. Um, I'm actually ghostwriting a book right now for a, for a young man. So, you know, both of them charge me in a different way. Um, yeah. So what, it, which it's a great variety, you know, to have where, well, I don't have to keep knocking out short stories or, or poetry. And so it's just a nice blend and it's worked out well. Yeah, I agree. And as a both fiction and nonfiction writer myself, um, I have to say that the audience is typically a little bit more, um, I guess, easygoing when it comes to nonfiction. People are a little bit more blunt with their hatred for, for fiction. <laughs> um, if they don't like it, they are very vocal about it. Um, but at least with nonfiction, you know, if you help one or two people, you can feel good about helping those one or two people. Um, whereas yeah, fiction, exactly. 
fiction reviews seem to be a little bit more harsh than than nonfiction. Um, so, so talking on the on the nonfiction note, right? You said that you, I guess, have a lot to to offer to provide. You were before the call. You were talking about the fact that you know you've I guess had a you know your career before this and you've done well. So, what is it about the nonfiction book writing aspect that makes you feel like, do you want to give back? Do you want to share your information? What really drives you to write that nonfiction? Actually, both of those things, and you said it well. The nonfiction for me is telling someone else the story. You know, like I said, my blessed gift from the Lord above is I have a keen sense of observation and, um, you know, if you go into a coffee shop and you sit down and you are very, very still, you know, not moving much at all, and you focus on what's going on around you, you can pick up conversations and you can watch people's mannerisms and their behavior and their reactions to whatever conversation, you know, they're having. And a lot of those are keys and triggers, like I said, for my story. So, the story may not be about somebody in a coffee shop, but whatever they're talking about or whatever I'm experiencing, you know, in their mannerisms and things triggers for me a story. So my story is about other people, basically, but I'm focused in on the lesson that can be learned from a situation and also, like you said, sharing or giving back information in the story that will not only intrigue the reader, but will give them some identity with the characters and the situation. And so from that way, you know, you, you mentioned it in the last thing you said, um, that story, their story, that's what fiction is about. You know, people read fiction and they see themselves related to that story not necessarily in the story but they relate to that story on some level and that's what fulfills them as a reader so you know i'm trying to give real life fiction to readers who will identify with you know what they're reading and hopefully you know they get something that they can take away then and use in their life or you know, double check them, just something that they can learn very quickly that applies to them. And so that's the focus and the design of the story. The content, you know, just comes from my interaction in my world. But, you know, sometimes the focus is the protagonist is a male, sometimes it's a female, sometimes it's a grandmother, you know, sometimes it's a five-year-old child. So my character's all of the things they're experiencing, all of my readers have experienced at some time or another, but they're vicariously able to see through the story, you know, the lesson or the contact with them as the reader in their own life. And so that there's that sense of entertainment, there's that sense of release. Um, so that's the idea and that's the approach. Uh, you know, I hope that they enjoy the story. It's like you said, you know, some people hate it. I mean, I get emails that say, I love this story. And then three stories later, I hated that story. Yeah. So, 
you know, but that's for me, that's that's the ping pong ball. It keeps them reading, you know. They they read one they love and they go, Oh man, I really like that. I I didn't think you know what was gonna happen at the end happened. So they read on, you know, down the line. And because they're all short stories, it's not you don't get into the novel. Um, and so they read very quickly and you know, they can go down, oh, I want to find another one I love, and along the way. You know, they run into one that really strikes a chord and all of a sudden, you know, man, I don't like this one. How did that guy know, you know, that I was going through this? So, you know, it's it's all about growth, both from the reader and for myself. You know, hopefully I've grown as a writer with, with the years. And um, that's my challenge is, you know, to keep growing and keeping up with the times, you know, the, the lessons of life are all the same. They were the same 2000 years ago as they are today, right. but our lives are very, very different today. And so, yeah, you know, we, we, the lessons have a lot more hard impact on us today because we have so many other responsibilities going on in our lives. You know, we don't have time to sit down and figure out, well, how can I have be a, you know, a reliable individual, yeah. Yeah, that's true to it. And what you mentioned is how, how times are changing and you see it in the way that books are formatted also. Um, yeah. you know, when 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, it was, you know, long paragraphs, um, a lot of detail, but now every, the more white space on the page, the better your one to three sentence paragraphs, everything has to be taken. Just, we consume as humans information so much differently now. And when you mentioned the yeah. story form aspect, we all, we, we learn from stories and, and especially when it is nonfiction, yeah. when you're telling stories and putting the reader in scenarios that they wish to be in for business books, for example, you know, telling yeah. the story from some horrific accident or, or, you know, falling into bankruptcy and how you're able to climb out of it. And as a, as a new business owner, you read that and you can relate and you think, wow, like this is um, something that probably could happen. But there's also a positive spin. I can I'm able to get out of it if it does happen. So, yeah, definitely a big change in yeah. um, in the way that we write today and the way that readers consume. So, yeah, going back to you and just the the number of titles that you've written, right? Um, writer's block, right? Everyone hears it. If you're sitting in Hawaii in a gazebo, maybe thoughts come a little bit easier, <laughs> right? But how do you I mean, how do you get over that age-old writer's block? This is going to sound crazy, but I just don't give it any energy. Um, you know, when I'm compelled to write, I write. And my wife will say, where have you been all night? You know, I get up. When I get a thought at night, I have to write it down. And once that happens... You know, I collect them in my mind. And once I get to a handful, I know I've got to get up and start writing. So I do a lot of writing early, early in the morning. It, it's quiet. Um, I have the whole place to myself. So it, I, I identify with writer's block. But, you know, when I have writer's block, I just don't worry about it. I know I'll be writing. I'll be spurred or triggered again soon to write something. I, I, I won't, you know, succumb to it being something that has control over me. 
It just so if if I'm not writing, I'm not writing. I'm I'm doing other things, you know. Yeah. I raise chickens and I've got animals, and so I just occupy myself with other things. And in in that time, because I'm not worried why I'm not writing, it allows me, you know, mental freedom from writing, and that opens up my world again. And and so it's just a cycle, um, you know, writing, not writing, as opposed to writing and writer's block. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. One thing too. I just, I, I, I've learned not to go there. That's all, you know, and that's a, that's an age and experience kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I did. I took a, um, a masterclass with James Patterson, you know, years ago. Uh-huh. And he said like, he just, he writes his outline and he's like, I don't have an aneurysm over it. I just write and you know, I'll go back and I'll edit. Yeah. So for any listeners that are, that are struggling with that, I mean, I still struggle with it as much as I can sit here and say, you know, give advice, I still struggle. But um, so again, going back to your, the number of titles that you've written, you've chosen to self-publish only. Um, Have you tried traditional route and, you know, I mean, have you tried traditional at all? Yes, yes, oh yes, yeah. My, My very first book, my foray was into you know, what was called, I don't know what they're called now, but Vanity Press, where you okay. pay someone, you know, to, you submit the manuscript and they do all the legwork. My, and my first book, um, God, I believe, was published that way. My, my first book cost me $2,500 to get 40 copies in my hand. And once I understood what, what the process was and all of the, the steps, I thought, well, I can do this. So I started self-publishing, you know, with the next book. And um, my cost for that book and every book thereafter was basically $250. Big difference. So yeah, big difference. But, you know, I had to do all the work. I had to do all yeah. the legwork. And that was the struggle. When I, my first book, I had no idea, you know, what the legwork looked like. And after that, I thought, okay, well, this is doable. They're doing it. So I can do it. I just have to learn the processes. Right. So for, but I, I, you know, I, I, I hadn't anticipated a second book. So it wasn't like, gee, do I want to self publish or, or traditional publish Um, one book, you know, you, you, you get it to somebody who knows what they're doing and gives you a book at the end of the process. Yeah. And then after the first book, you were like, you sat out on the gazebo again and you thought, hmm, I have to keep writing. So now let me, so let me self-publish. <laughs> so for the listeners, what is, Almost. yeah. What is just like your, your biggest piece of advice when it comes to self-publishing something that can help someone who is right now, in the dark and weighing their options where, where they want to go. Can you handle rejection and disappointment? Yeah, that's a big one. You know, we all have a dream and everyone has a story to tell. And lots of people tell other lots of people, God, you should write a book. That's a great story. You know, and they go, oh, okay, this is what I'll do. But that dream, you know, like everything else, has a cost. And 
those costs, you know, are extensive and they add up and you have to be willing to address the hard facts before you ever go down the writing or the publishing path. Um, you have to ask yourself a lot of questions and you have to let other people ask you a lot of questions because writing and publishing is a journey. It's, it's, an, it's a career, it's an occupation, it's a life form of its own. Um, otherwise, you know, you're, you know, you're writing a book and you give it to all of your friends and neighbors and family. Um, there's no in-between in, in writing and publishing. Uh, you know, you know the statistics and they're similar to getting into pro sports. Yeah. You know, not many people are going to get to that level and more than likely not one of those people includes you. Okay, so, you know, what does that do to your ego before you even open the gate? Yeah, agreed. And luckily, this goes back also to the way that we used that we used to write and read, right? Like the way that we exactly. used to publish yeah. was one way. Now things are just completely different. So the doors have been open. Um, everything seems to be to be changing. But regardless of the change, you are still knocking out stories. You're still putting up information on YouTube and on your website. Branch, where else can people find you and your work? You just said it, YouTube and my website. That, that's got every link, you know, that I've come up with and every link that's been written or said about me is, is right there. So that's Google the name or, or go to the website, or go to the YouTube channel, and okay. you'll learn more about me and my writing. Good. And that's branch, B-R-A-N-C-H, Isole, I-S-O-L-E.com. I'll also put that in the description show notes. So excellent branch. Well, this has been a great conversation. Congratulations on your success on that visual of being in Hawaii that remains inside your head and that is now in mine. Very much appreciated for anyone listening. He's wearing a nice Hawaiian floral shirt. Um, making me want to go sit on a beach somewhere. Um, so, Branch, again, thank you for your time. Very much appreciate it. Thank you, John. Best of luck, buddy. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Self-Published Success. We encourage you to put the tips and tricks you've discovered in this episode to use in your own author strategy please feel free to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on your preferred listening platform. Until next time, continue chasing your vision of authorship success.